Luke chapter number 2, and uh, I guess you could say this will be our first Christmas message. Um, i got to start early because I'll not be preaching very much in December. So uh, i gotta, I got to get my Christmas messages in while I can. And it came to pass in those days that you kids want to want to quote this. Y'all did such a good job. Y'all can probably quote. <laughs> and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We do thank you, Lord, for your, your blessing, Lord, in the morning service, Lord, in the, in the afternoon time that we've had uh, with family, Lord, in trying to rest. God, we thank you for the time of practice today with the young folks and then, Lord, just the time of singing tonight. Lord, hearing your people, Lord, play instruments and sing. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for, Lord, the instrument of voice. And God, just the fact that we can raise our voices to you and lift up the lovely name of Christ. We praise you for that tonight. We ask you now that you'd help us. Lord, hide us behind your cross. God, we pray that you'd help our throats, our voice. Lord, I pray that you'd put the cough at bay. Lord, we ask you that you'd help us to be able to speak the words that you'd have us to tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. (coughs) Well, in the... In the first five verses here of Luke chapter number 2, quite honestly, we see nothing joyous, nothing happy about this Christmas story. There's nothing good that's going on. We find there's government. We find there's taxing. And I, I don't know of anybody that's ever shouted over being taxed. Um, we find that they had to go travel into their own city in verse number 3 to be taxed. We find in verse number 4 that Joseph had specifically where he had to go <coughs> to Bethlehem. And then he had to travel not only with with someone that wasn't his his wife, but his espoused wife, but then also she was great with child. And so there's nothing here really to rejoice about. One writer said that verse 5 sums up the misery, taxes, and great with child, financial problems, and physical problems. It reveals what condition this world was in spiritually before the birth of Christ. It seems as there was trouble everywhere that you look. But if we were to look a little bit further, you find that in verse number 6, the days were accomplished that she would be delivered. Verse number 7, she brought forth her firstborn son. But then in verse number 10, it says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people." And so if I can tonight, just briefly, I'll preach on this thought. T'was the night before Christmas. T'was the night before Christmas. <coughs> and, and I'll not bore you tonight with the poem, T'was the night before Christmas. is probably one of my favorite things at Christmas time. 
I like it. I don't know what a sugar plum is, but I like it when they dance in my head. I like all those type things. I, I, I love the fact that Papa went up and he, he, he saw Santa Claus. I love all those, t- I love those things, those traditional things. I love those type of things. But tonight, there's something to be said about the fact that in these first, <coughs> we could even say the first five verses was the night before Christmas. And in those five verses, we find quite a difference between then and now. Twas the night before Christmas. And so tonight, if you'll, if you'll, um, if you'll help me, I just want to give you some differences, uh, between then and now. And we're going to contrast the Old Testament and the New Testament. And what a difference a night makes. Uh, when you, you take your children or your grandchildren or whatever it may be, and you find they are so anxious the night before Christmas, and you, 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 you set them down and you say, no, you've got to go to sleep. You have got to go to sleep. Otherwise, and you could tell them whatever you're going to tell them, uh, you've got to go to sleep. But then when Christmas comes, the anxiety is gone and it turns into pure excitement. And they look and they find things under the tree and they find presents and, and all of those things that goes on throughout the day. But <coughs> when we think about, uh, this excitement, now they didn't know the, they didn't know anything about ornaments. They didn't know anything about Christmas trees. They didn't know about, uh, matter of fact, I don't even believe it was in December. We were probably looking, uh, in the fall, probably, when Jesus was born. And so, I don't even, I, I, how we got to December, I have no idea. But, those type things weren't even celebrated during this time. But, you know, we, we just practiced the song, Mary, Did You Know? And, and, and I don't, I don't fully understand all the things that she did and what she didn't know, but she had a message from a, a, a she had a heavenly message. And so I, I realize it makes a good song, a beautiful song, but I think there were some things that Mary did know that, that she didn't let anybody else know. And I'm about to have a fit. I think she truly did know that within her was the Son of God. And she didn't know what all that entailed. And she probably didn't understand why she had to travel so far when she was great with child. And she probably didn't understand (coughs) why there was such turmoil going on in the time when this king of kings that was in her womb was 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 developing and all of these things. And she probably didn't understand why she had to travel such a long distance. But I believe in in her heart of hearts... She knew that there was a reason, and she knew that there was something going on. But even still, even though we were to turn over and look at verse number 19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, I still wonder if she understood what a difference a night may have made. When she pillowed her head somewhere between verse number 1 and verse number 5, would she really understand what would happen when she got to verse number 7 and she brought forth her firstborn child? We look back at several things in the Old Testament and we contrast those tonight. (coughs) In the Old Testament, there was a longing. I'm going to hit these things and I'm going to the house tonight. And so if you want to jot them down, you can, but we're not going to turn to them. 
But in the Old Testament, there was a longing. In Job chapter number 23, Job said, Oh, that I knew where I might find him. And you understand that there in the Old Testament, uh, they were constantly looking for him. Uh, they were, matter of fact, we preached about it several months ago. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. And so there was a longing for him. But in the New Testament, there is a realization because in John chapter number one, Verse number 45, Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm glad I don't have to long for him anymore because I found him. And whoop, I'm glad that he found me. Amen. And he's living in me. So there was a difference between last night and today. Amen. In the grand scheme of things. Before Christ came and now there is a difference. <coughs> Not only that, but in the Old Testament, God was unapproachable in Exodus chapter number 19, verse number 18. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke uh, because the Lord descended upon it in a fire. Uh, But yet he was unapproachable. But yet in the New Testament, God is our Father. And if anybody ought to be approachable, it is our Father. Amen. In Matthew chapter number 6, verse number 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He says over in Hebrews that we can come boldly unto the throne of grace and find help or grace to help in a time of need. I want you to know tonight in the Old Testament, there was there was an unapproachable God. But in the New Testament, there is God, our Father, who is approachable and longs for us to approach him. In the Old Testament, men were in darkness. Matter of fact, not in the Old Testament, but even in this day and hour that we live uh, outside of Christ, before Christ, uh, we were in darkness. But Psalm 82, verse number 5, it says, They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. But in the New Testament, men walk in the light. In John chapter number 8, verse number 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I'm thankful tonight to report that Jesus is not a light. He is not one of many, but He is the light of the world. (laughs) We're going into that time. Oh, when there's going to be a lot of lighting of the Christmas trees and there's going to be a lot of lights uh, all the way around. You you look uh, down the road where it's always dark and you're going to see a house lit up with Christmas lights. Oh, red and yellows and blues and greens or maybe just whites, whatever it may be. And some lights will chase the others and they look wonderful. Trees are lit up and shrubs are lit up and columns and, and gutters are lit up and all of those things. And there's nothing wrong with them, uh, but outshining all of them all at once, there is a light of glory that came down to whoop that came down to you and I, so that you and I could have light in us, and that is the light of the world. Amen. <laughs> so men once were in darkness, but now uh, men walk in light. 
And then in the Old Testament, men were under a curse. Over in Galatians, it talks about uh, that that in chapter chapter number 3, verse number 10, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But yet in John chapter number 8, Jesus says uh, that men are liberated. He said, If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Now, I'm probably going to do this every time I get to this verse, but you do remember that that word indeed means just as this just as if it had never been in bondage and Jesus says when I make you free it's as if you had never been in bondage that goes back to what we said this morning how when God sets us free and God forgives us he forgets those things he decides he chooses not to remember them anymore and so when God sets us free indeed I'm glad he puts aside that yoke of bondage. He wipes our slate clean. I'm thankful today that God sets us free indeed. <coughs> I don't have any kind of a a, um, a record of what do you call it, like a, a, you know, in prison or anything like that. I don't even know what you call it. I don't have anything like that. I, I, I don't, that I know of. I don't have any, any, any outstanding warrants that, that I know of. Like, like, I mean, I don't do nothing. I mean, I might speed every once in a while, but if they're going to get me, I'm going to point Jody out. I promise you that. Or my wife. She's worse than I am. But, uh, I mean, that's about as bad as I do. And, and I'm, I'm scared to death my tag's going to run out and the police is going to take me to jail when the tag expires by day. So, I mean, I feel like I'm Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. But I want you to know today, uh, there's nothing on my record that a judge is going to draw me into his courtroom and say, we have found this on your record and you've got to pay the penalty. But I want you to know there's a lot of things on my record (coughs) as far as sin goes. But I'm glad there's a righteous judge. That has expunged all of those things. He has forgiven them all. And He'll never bring me into His courtroom and bring those up. There's an accuser of the brethren that may bring them up. But I'm glad that when He comes before that judge, He will never acknowledge that those things have been because they are forgotten. I've been made free indeed of those things. The Old Testament men had only types and shadows. They had the tabernacle. <coughs> they had the altar, the candlesticks, the table of shoe bread, the, the laver where they had to wash their hands. In Hebrews chapter number 8, verse number 5, he says, who serve, unto the exa- who, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things. As Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed thee in the mount. So the Old Testament men had only types and shadows. But in the New Testament men have substance. In First John chapter number 1, verse number 1. It says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. Y'all help me now. Which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. He says, y'all have those types and those shadows of yesteryear before Christ. But now, oh, we have touched him. We have seen him. We have heard him. We have felt him. And and though physically you and I in 2023 have done nothing. 
none of those things with our physical body. Uh, with the spiritual, we have laid eyes on Him. With the spiritual, we have touched Him. Uh, with the spiritual, thank God He has touched us. And so we too uh, can be in John, 1 John 1, 1 and say that we have touched the man named Jesus Christ. Then we find in the Old Testament, men had outward ceremonies. <coughs> Back in Hebrews chapter number 10, chapter 9, verse number 10, it says, "...which stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of Reformation." What were those things? They had feasts that were outward ceremonies. They had, they had the feast of the Passover. They celebrated the redemption by the blood. They had the feast of the unleavened bread. And this was the, the sinless, the holy walk, if you will. <coughs> they had the feast of the first fruits. They had the feast of Pentecost, the feast of trumpets. They celebrated the day of atonement. The Feast of Tabernacles. But in the New Testament, men have an inward experience, not an outward. Luke chapter number 24, verse number 32. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he walked with us by the way and while he opened to us the Scripture? These was those two on the road to Emmaus. And they had begun to talk to themselves and Jesus joined them and they begin to talk about all of the things that Jesus did and all of His teachings. And they begin to tell this stranger that joined Him about Jesus and, and all of the blessings and all of the happenings. And then Jesus began uh, to tell them about Himself from Moses on through the Scripture. And when they got to where they were going, Brother Jody, He broke bread with them and we finally departed and said, they said, did not our heart burn within us? He said, did our our heart burn within us while He talked with us by the way and while He opened to us the Scripture? So see, the Old Testament, they they had outward ceremonies, but the New Testament, they have men have inward experiences. In the Old Testament, men had the letter of the law. In Romans chapter number 7, verse number 6, But now we are delivered from the law that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. So men had the letter of the law in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, men have the spirit. Galatians 5, 5, for we through the spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. See, it is that Spirit that leads us. It is that Spirit that guides us and that allows us to hope in things that seemingly unhope. I believe it was Miss uh, uh, Samantha this morning said, and I'm not quoting her by any means, but she said, when things seem like I shouldn't have joy, I've got joy. When I shouldn't be able to smile, I can smile. Well, that's not of her. That's not because of anything she's done or any good in her. That's because of what's within her. That's because of God. That's because of the Spirit. And I want you to know that's not just her. That can be any of us. It's because of the Spirit that we have. The Old Testament, men lost paradise. Genesis chapter 3, verse 23. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken 
But in the New Testament, men regain paradise. Revelation 22, verse 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Tonight, I just gave you the comparison (coughs) of some of the Old Testament and the New Testament, the things that were, the things that are, some things that they hoped for and the things that we now have. And used this brief scripture reading in Luke chapter number 2 about the fact that, that this is the Christmas story and how that it starts off so dim and so dreary. But just a verse or two later, we find that Jesus was born. And after Jesus was born, it may have been hard for Mary. It, it may doesn't even compare. It was hard for Mary. It was hard for Joseph. It was hard for those in that day. But I want you to know from verse number 1 down through verse number 5, then you get to verse number 6, and those days were accomplished. Verse number 7, she brought forth her firstborn son. Then we find all of a sudden in verse number 10, we find that Fear not. And then out of nowhere, out of the doom and out of the gloom, we find great joy. I thank God today that that the night before Christmas, there was doom and there was gloom and there was despair. Some of y'all are going to get it on me. But then, because of Christ, there's joy. You see, in the Old Testament, everything pointed to Christ. People were longing for Christ. People were looking for that. And people were were hoping for a day when they would have the liberty that we have. But then, when that same Jesus that was born in verse number, what was it, verse number 7, when He died, was buried, and resurrected through the power that that was given to Him, Brother Jody, You and I now have everything that those men and women, boys and girls in the Old Testament so longed for. And it was all because of a difference in a night. Just a difference in a night. Let's stand. Father, Lord, I can't speak for everyone tonight, but I sure do thank You I, I, I can't even begin to, to try to understand all of your plan. I can't understand how that before the foundations of the world, the Lamb of God was slain. I can't understand how that somehow or another, your Son left the portals of glory and, and was placed into Mary's womb. I can't understand all of those things. I, I, I cannot understand how that He was born in the flesh and He took upon Himself the form of man. I can't understand that. I can't understand how that, that He was ridiculed and He was mocked and beaten and bruised. I can't understand how that Your Son was crucified and was buried and He rose again. I can't understand it at all, but I sure am thankful for it. Lord, if there was not another person in here tonight, I believe I could honestly and boldly say, because of John chapter 3, verse 16, 
that you would have done all of that for me. And God, I'm so grateful. And I'm so thankful, Lord, that through your long suffering and through your love that you did all of those things for me. And God, I thank you, Lord, that your son, that your son loved us as much as you. And that he freely laid down his life for me and for these people. And God, for those that maybe have never even heard your name. God, I thank you, Lord, for your plan. I don't understand it. I couldn't comprehend it if I had everything written down. But God, I have faith in you. And I trust you that you know every jot and tittle of your plan. And God, I thank you for it tonight. God, I praise your holy name. You've been awful good to me. You've been good to these people and to this church. Lord, for that we praise you. In Jesus' name.